0: Go ahead and tear into those fruit snacks, and you can, you can eat right now. You don't have to save it till after service. How many of you growing up in church as a kid, you'd get in trouble if you were eating something or chewing gum or your mama shoot you that evil eye? And, Go ahead and partake. It's going to be a great day. We're in a series called Fresh Air. Somebody say fresh air we called it fresh air because it's interesting how this whole topic of the Holy Spirit and and, in a real significant way in Acts chapter 2 the Bible says on the day of Pentecost there were 120 that were gathered in a room and the Holy Spirit swept through that place like a rushing mighty wind fresh air came into the New Testament church brought fresh perspective brought fresh power come on somebody take a deep breath Ah, i 'm praying that God would ignite your life with power through this study on the holy Spirit, and th- today we 're talking about the, the fruit of the Spirit, and I, I love the idea. Of You know, If you look at the progression of the Spirit of God throughout Scripture, look at God in the Old Testament, you look at Jesus in the New Testament. Sometimes in the Old Testament, I would read about God speaking directly to Moses or or making the, the will of God so plain that he would write it in stone. How many of you ever read the Old Testament and think, man, I wish I could hear from God like that? You know, God just made it so obvious. An angel of the Lord would show up and make a declaration. And there was no confusion about it, no mystery. So you see God in the Old Testament and how near he was to the people. And then you see Jesus in the New Testament, how he's ever wanted to be a disciple. Man, I would love to just hang out with Jesus in the air Jerusalems, you know, and man, just, you know, going from town to town and being a part of the miracles. And from from Old Testament to New Testament, it got even better because God was close to him in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, Jesus, his name is Emmanuel. It's God with us. Oh, it's so good. And and, and sometimes I get envious of those New Testament followers of Jesus, what it would be like to have Jesus with you in the flesh. But here's what God kind of showed me in preparation for this series. I wonder if the saints of old in heaven are even jealous of you and me, because it's not just God with us, it's God in us. When he gave us the Holy Spirit, he said the Holy Spirit will fill you and consume you. So we don't just have it written in stone. It's not even God with us through Jesus, but it's God in us through the Holy Spirit. Can I have a good amen? Yes. Turn your neighbor and say, he's in you. He's in you. So the, the, the challenge is if the Holy Spirit is in you, what is released from your life? I want to talk to you about the fruit of the Spirit. I want to talk about what the Holy Spirit produces in us. When when we're in the Spirit, there should be certain things that grow from our lives. Now, it was important to me. I want to give you a disclaimer. I wanted to talk to you about the fruit of the Spirit first. We're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit next week. You do not want to miss next Sunday. The Bible is clear about the different gifts, and they're listed in Scripture. Gifts of prophecy, and word of wisdom, and word of knowledge, and healing, and signs and wonders, and miracles, and speaking in tongues, and interpretation, and all these kind of things. And it's amazing. But I want to tell you this. Gifts, apart from fruit, are dangerous. I think we live in a culture that we idolize gifts, and we minimize fruit. We celebrate talent and ability, but we don't really talk a lot about character and integrity. Come on, somebody. Turn your neighbor and say, he's preaching already. already. Come on, it's been three weeks. I've been saving up, baby. (laughs) Fasten your seatbelt, man. It's a dangerous thing when you put more priority on a gift than you do the fruit. I've seen people walk around, oh, I got this spiritual gift, yet they don't know how to treat people. I don't think God will release gifts in us until He can trust us to bear fruit in our life. But, but watch this, watch this. Because what is on you will destroy you if what's in you can't sustain you. Can I say that again? the gift that God puts on you, it's not going to help you unless you have some fruit. And we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit today. That's why I feel like this is so important for the body of Christ. I pray that we would be fruitful as believers, as those who say we love Jesus. If we're in Christ and the Holy Spirit dwells within us, there ought to be certain things that grow from us. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, you can speak with the tongue of men and of angels, but if you don't have love, then you're just making noise. How many know the church has made too much noise for way too long, but we got to start bearing and producing some things in our lives. This is so important. So Galatians five, and I want to read two verses, and this is really a list uh, uh, of the fruit of the spirit. We're going to talk through this list. Now I won't be able to teach it. I wish I had nine weeks and I could just spend each week talking about the nine different fruits. But I'm going to collectively give you an overview today, and then I want to tell you how to produce this kind of fruit in your life, what it takes from us as we cooperate with God. Read with me in Galatians 5, starting with verse 22. The Bible says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Now, there's a list that we're going to read. But notice who's doing the producing. Notice the subject and the verb. The the subject is the Holy Spirit, and the verb is producing. So this is a work of the Spirit of God within the life of the believer. When you say yes to Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of you, immediately God starts working to produce something in you, and this is what he produces. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, patience. Come on, somebody say, oh me, oh me, oh, oh me. Hmm, love, joy, peace, patience. One translation says long-suffering. Long-suffering. You got to suffer through some things for a long time. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control can i have a good amen Amen. he says there is no law against these things or in other words paul said you won't find anything wrong in this list there's nothing against this he says if your life is full of the spirit you should see love joy peace patience kindness gentleness goodness faithfulness and self-control somebody say self-control see, sometimes they say, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to speak in other tongues. Well, sometimes the greatest evidence of being filled with the Spirit is not speaking in tongues, but it's controlling your tongue. We'll save that for next week. But notice, out of the nine fruits of the Spirit, it starts with love and then it ends with self-control. Those are the bookends of the fruit of the Spirit. All of these fruits, they emanate out of love and they operate under self-control. Write that down. Write that down. That was important. They all emanate out of love and they operate under self-control. Now, let me ask you this. As you look at that list, how many of you just instinctively you evaluate your life and you say, how am I doing? This is a good metric for us as a church. This is a, a great standard for us to weigh our lives up against. How are we doing when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, love? How many of you could grow in love? How many of you wish you had more joy in your life? What about patience? Come on, talk to me. Anybody? Who needs some self-control? Turn to me and say, you need a little bit of that up in your world. What about kindness? How many things kindness would be good to grow in? Now, you know, if you read Galatians 5 and you back up in some previous verses, there's a list, there's a different kind of list, and it's a a list of the works of the flesh. How many of you know your flesh will not produce love, joy, and peace? Your flesh is, is capable of producing a lot of other things than love, joy, peace, and kindness. But if you've got the Spirit of God in you, what the Holy Spirit will grow in you are these nine things. Now, I know when we read that list, and it'd be good for you to maybe look at that list or maybe write it down if you're taking notes so you can keep it in front of you. This becomes the metric of what healthy, godly living should look like. You know, when you look at that, I know that there's probably not a single person in here this morning that says, Well, Pastor, I'm nailing it. I got it. Thank you. I don't need this sermon today. I'm going to pack up my things and roll. How many of you know that each and every one of us can grow in these nine areas of our lives? Let me ask you this. Okay, all the ladies, all the single ladies. How many ladies want to marry a man that has these nine things in his life? Okay, this is the metric. This is the standard. Whatever list that you have that you're looking for in a man, he can have tons of money and be your hunk of hunk of burning love. Oh, he looks so fine. But if he doesn't have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, if he doesn't have self control, no, don't need that in my life. How many know you're just asking for trouble if you invite that in your life? This becomes the picture. Fellas, if you're looking for a girl that you want to spend the rest of your life with, start here with the fruit of the Spirit. This becomes the fact. And it removes all the guesswork. I'm telling you, relationships can be a mystery, especially when romance gets involved. But if you'll just say, how are they doing on love? And first, you probably need to ask yourself, how am I doing on love, joy, and peace? But, but, but if you look at this and, and, and let this become the pathway for how you want to grow, the Holy Spirit produces these kinds of things in you. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever cringed? You have one of those cringe moments when you see a so-called believer and he don't know how to act right. And in fact, you see unbelievers that are nicer than some Christians you know. Anybody get troubled? Anybody just have a, oh cringe oh wait no that's not what jesus is about please don't act like that because you're misrepresenting god come on are you with me you ever been to a little league baseball game (laughs) yeah and these parents that are just i mean lay into these umpires and you're like oh no wait a hold on they they blow up at an umpire and act all crazy at a little league game you know that's you know you're supposed to be like i mean you call yourself sister super christian or you know brother bible man and you're acting this way and oh please don't do that i saw this sign the other day i thought it was very appropriate at a at a little league baseball game a sign on the fence said these are reminders from your children number 1 i'm just a kid number 2 it's just a game number 3 My coach is a volunteer. (laughs) Number four, the umpire is human. And number five, there will be no college scholarships handed out today. (laughs) Come on, put your hands together if you know what I'm talking about. And you see some Christians are not operating in the fruit of the Spirit. Or maybe you go out to eat and, you know, you're at a restaurant and, you know, the, 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 treating the, the waitress like she's incompetent, getting all frustrated with her. Maybe it's her first time on a job. And please, please, if you say you love Jesus, tip that waitress... I've been to some conferences in some cities and people will wait on the table and everybody around the table, fresh out of the conference, man, just talking about Jesus and all this stuff. And then the waitress or the waiter, they know that at Christian tables, they get stiffed all the time. Nobody gives them anything I'm like, oh, man, let us operate in kindness and goodness. How many of you know that if the fruit of the spirit is goodness in your life, that ought to translate in how you treat somebody else? How many of you know we treat other people good, not because we're good, but because he's good. Are you with me? The fruit of the spirit, this kind of stuff. Oh, it's so important to me. It's so important because now we're talking about maturity. Now we're talking about integrity. Now we're talking about credibility. And for the longest time, I feel like the watching world has looked upon the church and we've lost credibility because we've got hung up on gifts but we've neglected fruit. Jesus said, if you'll, if you'll pursue the fruit, I'll take care of the gifts. Our responsibility is to bear fruit. His responsibility is to give us the gifts that we need to build a great life. Now, I, I, want, I want to walk through some things with you here because I, I think there's a, there's a list that's going to help us. In fact, I want, I want you to hear this scripture in John 15, verse 8. And, and we'll see how fruit is really proof. Fruit is evidence that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. Jesus said, you'll know a tree by what? The fruit that it bears. In other words, if I walk up and I see a tree and there's apples on that tree, I know that's not an orange tree. That's an apple tree. Why? Because the fruit, what was on the outside told me about the identity on the inside. Are you with me? And that's why I feel like that in culture and in our communities, our life is producing something. What's on the outside is an indication of the identity on the inside. Jesus said, you'll know a tree by the fruit that it bears. I would hate to think that we can preach a good sermon. We can talk a good talk. But our fruit, the, 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 the results of our life are barren and empty, and it doesn't line up. Look at what Jesus said in John 15, verse 8. He said, My Father is glorified, and He's honored by this when you bear much fruit and you prove yourself. Somebody say, Prove. You see, fruit is proof, fruit is the evidence. Fruit is the fact that what you're bearing is who you are. It says you prove yourselves to be my true disciples. In other words, a watching world will look at you and know whether or not you belong to Jesus by the fruit that you're bearing. That's good preaching right there. Now, I want you to jot down a few thoughts because here's how this works. And, again, I'm not going to teach on love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, but I want to give you how this works in our lives. Fruit will grow in your life when three things happen, okay? So if you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, fruit will grow in your life when you're planted. Somebody say planted. You've got to find the right environment. You've got to be planted in good soil when your life finds good soil, you need to just dig in and stay put. When you find a good environment, in fact, sometimes the biggest challenge to growing fruit in our lives, we're not in the right place. We're not in a good environment. We haven't surrounded ourselves with the right people. You know, I think it's so important that a good tree will produce good things because it's planted in good soil. And you've got to be planted. That means you've got to stay put. That means you've got to build some consistency. I think consistency is the key. Because you could take the healthiest plant in the world, but if you constantly dig it up, if you uproot it and you try to plant it somewhere else, and then you dig it up, you uproot it, and you try to plant it somewhere else, how many of you know that it doesn't have time to build consistency to grow anything? I think church, I think this church is good soil. I think if you want to bear fruit, you'll make an on-purpose decision to get planted, to get invested, to get rooted in good ground. And watch this. You dig in and you stay put. And this is not about guilt. Okay? Please hear my heart on this. This is not about a guilt trip that says if you miss church, well, bless God, you're going to bust hell wide open. I'm not saying that. For goodness sakes. It's not about guilt and manipulation. But I do think there's something to be said for consistency. How many of you know you can't build anything great on inconsistency? You want to try to build a relationship with someone? Inconsistency will never get it done. Fellas, come on. How many you know if you see that girl? She's pretty. She up in church is lifting her hands. Woo, glory. You kind of take notice like, hey. You get her digits, what are you going to do? You're going to send her a text. Saw you at church today. Look like a woman of God to me. I love the Lord too. Thinking maybe we could worship together. Lifting up holy hands. Meet me at Starbucks after church. When you send that text, what do you want? You want that reciprocated, right? How many know if you send that text out and she don't respond? Inconsistent communication is not going to grow that relationship. Fellas, if you send that text, she don't respond, leave her alone. She's not interested. (laughs) Consistency builds relationships. Inconsistency won't. Parents, when it comes to raising your children, if you set boundaries but you're not consistent in your discipline, then you're confusing your kids and they're not going to grow up in the right direction. Inconsistency doesn't build relationships. It doesn't help us as parents. Let me ask you this Have you ever said, I'm going on a diet? I want to lose weight. How many know that inconsistency in your food intake is not going to help you reach your goals? Too many cheat days. Come on, somebody, talk to me. Talk to me. An athlete. Unless he stays consistent and disciplined in practice, he's not going to reach his full potential. If it doesn't work in relationships, if it doesn't work in parenting, if it doesn't work in our nutrition, if it doesn't work in athletics, why do we think it would work in our spirit life? Be planted. In fact, the writer of Psalm 92 says this. Those, and this is one of my favorite verses, those who are planted. Come on, somebody say planted. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. Come on, somebody say flourish. How many of you you want your life to flourish? I want to grow. I want to abound. Lord, I want there to be life, the, the volume of life just continually growing inside of me. Well, if you're planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish in the courts of our God. The Bible says that they will bear, they'll continue to bear fruit even in old age. They will be fresh and flourishing. Our one translation says they'll be fat and full of sap. Come on, somebody. Can I have a good amen? How many's got that fat and full of sap thing working for you right now? The life of God, the spirit of God growing and enlarging you. Well, it's only in your, when, when you're planted in the house. Now, listen, you've got to be planted in the house and you've got to be prepared in your heart. If you're going to bear and produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, there's got to be some consistency Because watch this, fruit will match root. The the fruits of your life will be consistent with the roots of your life. And you got to get planted. Dig in and stay consistent. Here's my concern for some of us. And I know if consistency is so important to producing fruit, what do you think the number one attack of the enemy would be? He's going to try to get you as inconsistent as possible. Now watch this. Here's how this works. Sometimes people say, well, I'm going to give God a chance. I'm going to try. I'm going to come to church. And so they come to church and it works for a while until they get their feelings hurt or until they get offended or somebody did them wrong. And people, once they're offended, then they uproot themselves and they go somewhere else. And then they get offended there and they uproot themselves and they go somewhere else and they bounce around from one offense to another. Come on now. And they never have a chance to build consistency and get rooted in good ground. I'm going to tell you this. People will always disappoint you. They will. This church is not a perfect church. You know why? Because I'm the pastor of it. (laughs) This church is perfect at 2 o'clock in the morning when nobody's here. But as soon as we open the doors and somebody walks in, guess what? Perfection goes out the door. Imperfection walks in. Listen, don't let the enemy rob you from growing and producing the fruit of the spirit because you uproot yourself after a bad experience. Dig in and stay put. Can I have a good amen? Amen. Second thing, if you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, everybody say planted. Planted. Number two, say pruned. Pruned. Okay, let's have fun with this. Here we go. Pruning. 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 I talked to one of my good friends. In fact, he uh, owns a landscaping company, and he's responsible for this beautiful piece of property here on Highland. How many, when you drive up on campus, you're just like, wow, this is nice, beautiful, 56 acres, man. I talked to Jeff the other day because I told him what we were going to talk about bearing fruit. I said, give me some insight on this whole pruning process. What does it mean to prune? I'm going to tell you this. And in the words of, of Jeff, he told me this. He said, pruning is a cutting back. It's a cutting away. I'm like, Jeff, how do you know what to cut and what to keep? He said, if there's old old growth, disease growth, or if there's any kind of death whatsoever, you cut that thing back and you pull that away because it's stealing life from that plant. Now, now, now make the translation into your own life because sometimes God does the exact same thing with us. If we're going to be fruitful... There are some things that God will have to cut away from our lives. How many of you, there are some relationships that God had to prune? And it was painful. How many know when he cuts, sometimes it hurts? You say, God, are you killing me? Have you ever asked that? Has it ever felt like that the pruning process, God was just killing you? Can I tell you this? Don't misinterpret the presence of your pain as the absence of your God. Sometimes God will work through painful experiences and He will cut things. He will cut individuals. He will cut habits. He will cut certain mentalities and thinking. He's got to cut that out of your life because it's not producing any life in you. If you don't cut some limbs off of a tree, then it, those dead limbs have a way of sucking the life out of the rest of the tree. Are you with me? And it's a process over time. Here's the pruning process is this. It requires us to cooperate with the Holy spirit. We've got to cooperate with God. Now listen, it's the spirit that makes these things grow. But if we're not planted and we're not cooperating being pruned, then what's dead in our lives has the potential of robbing and stealing the life out of the rest of the tree. Is this making sense? It is, sometimes it's hard to let things go, to let people go. You know, I, I remember when I was serious about this. When, God, I'm serious about growth. I want to grow in my life. You know, He spoke to me about some of the things I was watching on TV. He's like, Mike, that TV program's not producing any life in you. There was some music that I listened to that, he's like, Mike, That's the spirit of God is not, there's no value, there's no spiritual, nutritional value in that. You need to cut that out of your life. And honestly, there are some times, even through technology, how many has ever God spoken to you about fasting from Facebook or Instagram or social media at times? Not to say that there's anything wrong with those things. But there have been seasons in my life where I I felt God trimming those things back because every time I'd get on social media, I'd look at what somebody else was doing and I'd be like, man, I wish I was them. Man, I'm jealous. I want what they got. I want to be where they are. Look how cool they are. Look at how pretty they are. Look at how amazing they are. And then I just evaluate my own life. Look how miserable I am. How many of you know that kind of thinking is not producing life in you? And so God may talk to you about some things that are no longer adding value to you. But here's the thing. It's hard for us to give those things up. It's hard for us to let that relationship go. Some of you have cried tears in a relationship that you're desperate to hold on to. But God's sake, if you'll just trust me, he doesn't belong in your life right now. She doesn't belong. Not that they're a bad person, but they're not producing life in you. Is this helping anybody? This is the painful part of it, but God says, "If you, it's not punishment." Listen, pruning is not punishment. Pruning is God's way of saying, "I want to cut away what is to make room for what will be." Now, watch this. When you prune what is to create room for what will be then what grows in its place is even bigger and better than what was. You receive that this morning? Does that make sense? You'll cut back one limb and two limbs grow in its place. You cut back a little bit and God says, oh, now look at the life. Man, look look at the the, the capacity. Look at the opportunity if you just trust me. You see, pruning is about character development. I thought about the story of Joseph, one of my all-time favorite biblical characters. This guy had a dream. He had a destiny. But you know what? He was betrayed by his brothers. He was sold into slavery. He served in Potiphar's house. He was framed and falsely accused. He was thrown into prison, and he was forgotten. How many of you know God had to do a lot of pruning in Joseph's life? had a dream, had a vision, had a destiny of some amazing things, but God had to cut some stuff away. Why? What was God doing? God was getting him ready. In fact, the scripture, and I I love this verse in Psalm 105. The Bible says, until the time came to fulfill Joseph's dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. What was he doing? He was preparing Joseph for what was about to happen. You see, Joseph had no idea what was in front of him. But God says, i got to eliminate this so I can elevate that. Are you with me? Some of you, God's eliminating some things so he can elevate some things. For some of us, the greatest addition is a simple good subtraction. The best way for you to grow is for you uh, you to allow God to cut some things out of your life. Look at what it says in the the gospel of John. Look at what John 15 says. Jesus said in verse 1, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes, there's that word, he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they'll produce even more. In other words, what does God do with branches that don't produce fruit? They're pruned. What does God do with branches that do produce fruit? They get cut back too, so they can produce even more. In other words, you're pruned if you do and pruned if you don't. Come on, somebody. My wife's not here this morning. Um, babe, if you're watching online, I did just say that. Yes, I did. Um, now, let me give you this final thought. Everybody say planted. Everybody say pruned. Now, say producing. Producing. This is where it gets good. Once you make a decision to be consistent, Lord, I'm going to be in your house. I'm going to be committed to a small group. I'm going to get involved in next steps so I can get grafted into what you're doing here in the church. Once you make a commitment to be planted, and then once you cooperate to be pruned, then you begin to produce some amazing things. Now, here's what you need to know about producing the fruit that grows from a tree is not just for the tree. It's for others. When you see that apple on the tree, how many have ever gone to an apple orchard and you picked a few apples? How many love apple pie? Come on, talk to me. A little mode, put some ice cream on that apple pie. Come on, talk to me. See, that tree is producing fruit, and it's not just for the tree, but it's for others. God wants to grow the fruit of the Spirit in you and it's not just for you, it's for others. How many know that patience, patience is not for your benefit, it's for somebody else's? <laughs> Hello? How many need some patience when you're driving to work on Monday morning? Come on. See, patience may come at great personal expense to you, but it's sure going to bless those other drivers on the road. <laughs> kindness, man, when you, when you operate in, in kindness, man, it doesn't just nourish your soul, man, it's helping somebody else's. You know, the other day, uh, uh, last week, maybe it was two weeks ago now, my seventh grader, Michaela, she had a volleyball game at U High. And so Rachel was supposed to bring her to the game, but then schedules got crisscrossed. And so, hey, babe, can you bring Michaela? I'm like, okay, sure, I'll bring her. And so I'm, you know, driving across town trying to get to LSU for this seventh grade volleyball game. And I pull up and I realize, wait a second, I got no cash on me whatsoever, Like I asked Michaela, how how much money does it take to get in the game? She said, Daddy, it takes four dollar. Four dollar. Whoo! What am I going to do? How many's ever needed cash and you needed it fast? (laughs) I don't carry any cash. Rachel's got all the cash. She carries the checkbook. Come on, she's my sugar mama. I got nothing but a credit card. I'm like, babe, how am I going to see you play? She's like, well, daddy, do you have any change in your car? Well, let's start digging. So we're looking in cup holders and digging in between seats and, man, everything. Man, and I scrounge up out of $4, I got $2 of change in and, and pennies. I'm telling you, I had a lot of pennies. I had nickels. I had dimes. But all I had was $2. So I'm thinking, man, I, how am I going to get in to see this volleyball game? I'm calling people. Hey, are you near LSU? Because I need some cash right now. So I you know, what am I going to do? Michaela's like, Dad, you've really got to see me play. I'm like, I know, I'm try- I'll find a way in. You just go ahead, I'll find my way in. So I get into the gym, and, and uh, you know, there's the, the lady with the, the cash, you know, box. And, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> I'm so embarrassed right now. <laughs> I set $2 of coins on that table. <laughs> I said, can you give me a loan? <laughs> We can finance this thing. Do you take credit card? I got Visa right now. I was really embarrassed. I don't know how I'm going to get in to see the game. She said, you know what? I think it's fine. Listen, that $2, I'll cover it. It's on me. I was like, for real? you going to let me in that game? Bless you, my child. Bless you. Can I pray for you right now? She let me in the game. Listen, it was her kindness, but guess what? That kindness benefited me. The fruit that comes from your life is not just for you. It's for others. I told Rachel the story. So Rachel's like, baby, listen, you better carry cash on you at all times. So she gave me $20. <laughs> she said, now don't spend it all in one place. This is all you get. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that's my allowance. She gave me $20. I got to last me through the week so I come up here this is on a Saturday night come up here to pray let me finish this I want to give you the, the rest of the story I come up here to pray on a Saturday night with a friend of mine $20 in my pocket and, uh, and mama gave me orders don't spend it all in one place and this is all you got for the week and so okay I make good decisions with that 20 so I pull up here and I'm meeting a friend to pray on Saturday night like we do every week walk through this you know, sanctuary lay hands on every chair and we pray and just prepare for the weekend and, and God spoke to me and said give him that $20 Mama said, this is all I got, Lord. (laughs) How many ever negotiated with God a few times? You know what God told me? He said, Mike, if you give what you have, I'll always make sure you have something to give. Now, that was the principle. That's what he told me. If you give what you have, I'll always make sure you have something to give. Remember, fruit is not just for you. It's for others. So I had that $20 in my pocket. We walk in and we get ready to pray. So he shakes my hand and he put money in my hand. Handshake just gave me that Pentecostal handshake. Come on, how you know what I'm talking? Yes, Lord, I felt there was there was a paper bill in there. Oh, thank you, Lord. He said the Lord told me to give this to you, and I said, you know what? God told me to give this to you. He had, he beat me to it, but said already purposed in my heart I was going to give it because God said if you give what you have, I'll always make sure you have something to give. Well, I get home that night and I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord, I got some money, and so I look at it. He gave me $100. I gave him 20 He gave me 100 How many know that's a pretty good deal right there? I'm like, Rachel, look, you gave me 20 Check out. Here's 100 right here. She said, how did you, how did that happen? I'm like, well, God told me to give, and, but he kind of beat me to the punch, and so we kind of shook hands and vice versa. He got 20 I got the 100 I felt like, man, I owe that guy $80, man. I said, like, wow, that's amazing. What are you going to do with that money? I said, well, I'm going to. Do whatever, whatever you want, whatever God says. (laughs) So the next day, Sunday morning, we're here at church. And after the nine o'clock service, I see a precious lady, dear friends, been coming to this church for years. Single mom has raised kids and had a hard life, but just making great choices, trusting God, building a business. I see her and the Lord says, give her that hundred dollars. So after the 9 o'clock service, I went over to her, shook her hand, said, we love you. God bless you. The Lord told me to plant this in your life. Remember, if you give what you have, God says, I'll always make sure you have something to give. Man, she just broke down. I mean, you know, you just don't know what people are going through and what they need, but God does. And if you listen to the Holy Spirit, he'll tell you where to be and what to do and exactly how it's supposed to look. And so it felt so good to be able to give her that $100. And afterwards, I found out, man, how significant the timing of that was for her. So that was at the 9 o'clock service. At the 1115 service, a guest was visiting. And after that, now remember, I just gave that $100 to this precious lady. So this first time guest comes up to me, shakes my hand, puts money back into my hand. I'm looking at him like... (laughs) There's $50 cash right here. I had 20, gave 100, got 50. I'm like, Lord, who's next? What's next, God? What do you want to do? And some of you are like, man, I want to shake the pastor's hand right after service. I know what you're thinking right now. I know it. Hey, honest to God truth, though. So then the next day, and let me, let me land the plane. The next day, I give that. Monday morning, God showed me a guy, so I'm about to bless that guy with that money. Listen, some man came after, this service, after the early service and gave some money. There was a single mom that was stranded on Highland Road, didn't know how she was going to pay her bills. I'm telling you, we're able. All we are, we are conduits. You see, listen, the fruit that, that grows from your life, it's not just for you. It's to help feed others. And there's no greater joy than to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, and be able to offer that to someone else. Are you with me? You, how many want those things growing, not just in your life, but you want that in your children? You want those things in your friendships. You want those things in your relationships. Well, well watch this. What grows around you is what has fallen from you. Look at what grows around a tree. The blossoms and the seeds around a tree, man, when that tree gets shaken, i am telling you, life has a way of shaking us. What falls from you will grow around you. What has come from your life will be planted in your children. That's the way it works. Now, I know some people here today said, Mike, I wish I was more fruitful. God will help you in that. If you'll cooperate with him, the Holy Spirit will give you everything you need to bear much fruit. Everybody say planted, say pruned, say producing. Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.